Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. This is a challenge for people today. A real Christ follower lives in obedience to God's will. Notice the marker. If you're not living in obedience to God, you really don't have a relationship with him. Because when I come to Christ, I turn my life over to him. I don't do it my way. I do it his way. Look at 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus said. The word walk simply means lifestyle. We live in a world that values and sometimes celebrates rebellion. Looking at the big picture, we're all in rebellion against God, first of all, and against other things at times. Pastor Mark has shared becoming a Christ follower requires our giving up our rebellion against God. We must begin to submit and obey God. Paradoxically, it's when we do this that we begin to experience the true freedom that results from our obedience to God. This is a challenge that Christians must continue to meet throughout the entirety of their walk with Christ so as to not regress in their relationship with Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with part three of his message, Love People God's Way to Heaven and Our Mission. You can't do it your way. Now, so Jesus says you have to deny yourself and you have to accept that gift of salvation and actually enter the door. So now we know what the door is. There's only one option to go to heaven. Only one. Jesus. You can't go by a church. You can't buy anything else. Look at verse 24. He talks about an open door that's open. You can go through. But now he talks about a door. Watch me. That is closed. A door that's closed? Yeah, watch what he says. It's pretty challenging. Here it is. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter, watch this, and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house, God, gets up and closes the door, You will stand outside knocking and pleading. Sir, open the door for me. But he will answer. I don't know you or where you come from. What is this closed door equal? It's simply this. It's your death. You see, Jesus reminds us the importance of open doors. Right now, for everybody I'm speaking to, the door's open. For all the friends and relatives that we're going to minister to during the holidays and neighborhood parties at work, the door is open right now. Why? Because they're living. 
The door is open to you. But one day, the door will shut. When is that? It's when you die. You see, the only way I can go through the door is while I'm alive. Once I die, there's no changing. If I'm a Christian and I've gone through the door and I've accepted Christ personally and I have a personal relationship with him, I'm finished. I'm going right to heaven, baby. But if I haven't, when that door closes, if you've never accepted Christ, your destination, you'll see in a moment, Jesus will talk about it, is away from God forever. You see, so it's so important. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. The door is simply open. Remember, a lot of people say, well, in fact, there was a, you know the church, I won't even mention it, that used to say that there's an intermediate place. The person, if you didn't know where they went, you could, you yourself were living, you could pay, you could pray for them, and you could move them from point A to finally heaven. No, that's 100% false. The Bible says it's appointed unto man to die once, and after death, the judgment. There is no intermediate place. See, that's just false hope. It's not true. Now, what does that say to us with VIO? Write this down this morning. Be sensitive to open doors. The gentleman that was interviewing the lady, he saw an open door and he went through it. I want you to go up and down in your mind right now, your relatives, mom, dad, son, daughter, grandkids. I want you to go down, just kind of take a quick trip down your street, your apartment complex. Where are those people going to spend eternity? Oh, Pastor Mark, I don't have time with those people. I got my own issues. No, what was today's option? Meeting the needs of others. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. One day, after they die. But nobody told me. I'm telling you, you can't leave this building today without hearing the truth. But outside these doors, the people do not know that truth. They do not understand that there is only one way to heaven. You've already seen that. They're going to make their own door, but it's not going to end where they want to. Now, when you see that, understand, when we plant a seed, the rest is up to God. I'm not responsible for that. Now, look at verse 26. Then you will say, well, wait a minute, God. We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. We went to church. We ate, we drank. We kind of went through the motions. But he'll reply, I don't know you. Or where you come from. What he's saying to them is words like this for us today. Don't deceive yourself. Good people don't go to heaven. Oh, we ate with you. We knew about you. Don't deceive yourself. All roads, all doors do not lead to heaven. How many roads lead to heaven this morning? How many? One. Just one. Pastor Mark is too narrow. I'm sorry. God designed the door. It's not my door. It's one. You see... What Jesus is trying to say to these people here is they were in church like you are. They believed in God like you do. They even believed maybe in Jesus. But basically, they went through the motions. They never turned their life really over to them. See, many people believe that when you finally profess salvation, maybe you repented, came to an altar, or watched a Billy Graham crusade or Greg Laurie or whatever, then you just go and live life the way you want. No, he never knew you. He never really had an intimate relationship with you. See, it's not about religion. 
Religion is you trying to climb up to be good enough. Pastor Mark, I was there. I ate with you. We knew that. We talked on the streets about you. No, no, no. The word never knew you. Knew you is an intimate word as Adam knew Eve. Sexual intimacy. In the spiritual realm, it's an intimacy. I have a relationship with God that he lives in me. And because of that, my life has changed. Look at this verse. This is a challenge for people today. A real Christ follower lives in obedience to God's will. Notice the marker. If you're not living in obedience to God, you really don't have a relationship with him. Because when I come to Christ, I turn my life over to him. I don't do it my way. I do it his way. Look at 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus said. The word walk simply means lifestyle. None of us are going to be perfect, but we're going to be changed. We're going to be like him. And Jesus is trying to say, he's challenging these Jews. You're very religious. You have it all down to a science, but you don't even know God. It's dead religion. So can I challenge you this morning? If that's you today, today's the day to make a commitment. I don't care what you call yourself, but you want to be known by God. Let me just state this to you kindly with truth. If you try to get to heaven your way, you will fail. I say that in love because I've been praying all weekend that in our services, people would not walk out this door who are not knowing in their heart that they have a relationship with God and they walk through the right door and become a follower of Christ. Now, here's where the bad part comes. Look at me for a moment. Jesus talks about heaven a lot. But Jesus taught about hell more than heaven. What kind of a God is that? A God that doesn't want you or I to go there. Hell was never created for people. It was created for the devil and his demons. But people will go there because they refuse to go through the door that God designed for them. Now watch what he says. When these people come, by the way, only forgiven people go to heaven. You know that. That's the only people that go to heaven. You can't get there your way. You have to be forgiven. And that person that forgives you is Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 27. Those people that are knocking, watch what he says to them again. Verse 27. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you came from. Away from me. What's he talking about? He says, You're not getting into heaven. You don't have a relationship with me. Away from me. What's the other option? Hell. Notice what he says in verse 28. In hell, there'll be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you say Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourself thrown out. See, the Old Testament people came to Christ by believing that the Messiah was coming. All in faith. Abraham was a man of faith. As Christians, they look forward to the cross, which never happened in their time. We look back to the cross. It's never happened in our time. See, faith in the Old Testament and New Testament is how we get to heaven. We believe without proof because the Bible says so. Now, notice here, salvation doesn't happen merely because a person knows about God. You have that relationship. Now, what is apart from me? It means separated from God forever. 
Now, look at verse 29. This kind of goes back to the positive parable we talked about, about the growth in the kingdom. Look at this. People will come from east and west to north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. In other words, when we get to heaven, where are we going to find people? From all over the world. Because it's just expanded. Had nothing to do with being Jew. Had nothing to do with being Gentile. It had to do with us walking through the door. And then those who will be first and those who will be last. Yet one of the, Many people say this. When you get to heaven, you're going to be surprised who's there and who isn't there. And most of all, we're going to thank Jesus because we're there. So understand, that's what Jesus always meant. Oh, well, will there be heaven? Will there be many or few? Relax. Are you going there? He always came back to that thing. Now, verse 31 is an interesting verse. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, he's getting very close to Jerusalem. Leave this place and go somewhere else because Herod wants to kill you. Now, normally when you talk about Pharisees, they hated Jesus. But not all Pharisees hated Jesus. Nicodemus is one who came to Christ. Paul, Saul. He was a Pharisee, but they came to Christ. So these guys amazingly are warning Jesus, don't go there, don't go there. That's not all the Pharisees, just a few, because most of the Pharisees are trying to get him to go there. And watch what Jesus replies in verse 32. I love this. He replied, go tell that fox. I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. Now watch this. You'll catch it. I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing since I started my ministry three years ago. Healing, driving out demons, healing people today and tomorrow. And on the, say it with me, the third day, I'll reach my goal. What is he talking about on the third day? What day was Jesus resurrected? That's his goal. Can I ask you this morning, what is your goal? As I get older... My goal is to finish well. I want to do what God wants me to do. What is Jesus doing here? He says, I'm not afraid of Herod. I know I'm going to die. I could care less. I came to die so people could go to heaven. I'm going to finish it. He wasn't afraid. He knew it was coming. His death, burial, and resurrection would provide a door that you and I could go through. Now watch what Paul says. And I want you to write this down before I read it to you. Just read the bottom statement. Write this down this morning. Let's finish our race, our goal with joy. See, you don't want to finish like this. To the end of your life. You get across the finish line. Man, this has been such a tough life. Hey, you have God inside you. Come on. Are we going to get older? Say, amen, oh me. That's exactly what's going to happen. But can I finish with joy? Can I finish with strength? Yes. Perfect? No. But going toward the goal. What is our goal? To be like Jesus. And to take as many people as we know with us to heaven. That's the VIO. Watch what Paul says. But none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear to myself. Notice, it's always about others. So that I may finish my race. Every one of you have a race if you're a Christian. With what? Joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the same ministry you and I have, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. We all want to finish well. 
Jesus understood the value and impact of one. He was impacting thousands of people because he was on mission. Remember our mission? Here it is. Jesus came to seek out sinners, share the good news, and transform their lives for eternity. Our mission is exactly the same. I can't transform, but I came to seek them out, look for opportunities, share the good news with them, and let God do his thing. As I said to you, Thanksgiving, Christmas, wonderful time to be doing this, inviting people to the services. Now, look at the last. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Jesus is looking at Jerusalem. This will be his final time in Jerusalem. He will no longer go back up to Galilee. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to die. So notice his words. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Not speaking of the city, speaking of the Jewish people. You who kill the prophets, Old Testament, and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Underline this in your Bible. And you were not willing. Even though Jesus had been rejected by the majority of Jewish people and Jewish leaders, he had a love for them, a heart for them. Remember the Bible says he came to his own and his own said, we're not interested in you. And the Bible says this, Look at verse 35. Look, your house is left to you desolate, speaking about the nation of Israel. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let me explain that to you. What that means is there is a day coming during the tribulation when the Jewish people's eyes will be opened. Many Jews get saved today, but as a whole, the Jewish nation is pretty much like America. I mean, they talk about God, but there's no real belief. Same in the Jewish nation. But one day during that time, and during the tribulation, the Jewish eyes will be open, and many people will come. And what does it mean by blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord? That's the second coming. Come on, Lord. We know you were the Messiah. You were here the first time when we missed you. So he says, I'll come again, but you're going to be changed. Many Jewish people will repent and accept Jesus as their Messiah and their personal Savior. But I want you to go back to the words we underline. He said, I came to you with the gospel. All you had to do is repent and believe, but you would not. Now, let me ask you a question. Could any person that Jesus talked to, if they wanted, could they have believed? Could they have repented? Yes or no? Yes. Because his will is how many perish? None. So he's basically saying to them, you could have repented. Believe and become a follower, but you would not. Let me ask you a question that's more personal. For those of you that are not yet Christians, could you repent today if you wanted to? Why could you repent? Because the door is still open. You haven't died. Is there a day coming when the door will close? Yes. And that's why Satan's in the house. Here's what Satan's saying to you. You know, Serving that Christianity stuff. It's okay later. We never know when the door is going to close. Plus, the longer you wait, 
the more miserable you're going to be because you were designed to be in relationship with God. And that's where joy and peace and power and protection as a little chick coming under the wings of mama chick. Mama's got her chicks and there she is. She'll die trying to kill the fox. Jesus already died for you so that you could be safe and spend eternity in heaven. Hallelujah. I want to ask you a question this morning. Here it is. Are you safe? I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm talking about the spouse, a friend, person you invited. I'm asking you. Do you absolutely know that you've walked through the door You've accepted Jesus Christ. You've repented of your sins. You're sorry for them. And your life has changed. You are being changed. If you're not sure, you're not. Some of you need to make a recommitment. I had numbers of people come this weekend and say, well, you kind of rode who I am. I, I kind of profess that I am, but it's never really changed my life. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to be sure. Look at this. I have come to call not those who think they're right, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. See, the only reason you'll take a stand is because you can. Don't let the enemy say to you, "Mm -mm, a matter of your will. The only reason people would not, because of their will. They decided, no, I'll do it my way or my time. That's wrong. That's not truth. That's not what Jesus is. He's saying to the Jewish people, man, I loved you. Come on, come on. But you would not. But I know this morning, you're smarter than that. If you'd like to leave this building here, walking out the door and know that you've walked through the door, Salvation, you repented, believed. I'm going to ask you in a moment where their heads are bowed, just to stand quietly wherever you're at. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You're just going to pray after me to yourself, not out loud. And if you do that, God will change your life this morning. You came to be taught. I've done my best to teach you the truth that Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. He wants to spend eternity with you. But it's your choice. It's a matter of your will. Don't worry. Say, well, Pastor Mark, people think I'm really a follower and I need to beg you. Forget what people think. You want to be concerned with what God thinks. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you. What a wonderful name, Jesus. What a powerful name, Jesus. The way. The truth in the life. In today's message, we saw the heart of Jesus as he wept over Jerusalem due to their rejection of him as their Messiah. It's important to remember that in the same way that they ran out of chances, the same applies to us. We need to take heed to the Bible's warnings to choose today that tomorrow isn't promised. We have no idea what the future holds for us. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new message. He will be talking about our need to be honest, to stop making excuses and admit when we're wrong. He'll be teaching on pride and humility. God likes one of these and the other he hates. We'll be taught about our need to be honest with ourselves, strip away all the excuses, and deal forthrightly with God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.